It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. Yeah. Rainy J's. Jump shot, fade away. This is the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth, you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah, blah. No more Geno time, we watching Jay do the Zaza. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to thank you for making us part of your daily routine. And I'm talking to you in the shower, talking to you in the car, and you at the gym, and on the run, or at lunch. Everybody was telling us on Twitter where you listen to the Locked On Celtics Podcast, and I want to thank you. Even if you're naked right now in the shower, it's okay. It's cool. Thanks for taking I wanna, us along. Uh, big shout out to the people who are listening to us naked in the shower. We got a lot of people who said that that's their thing. Yeah. And I'm glad to be here with you in the shower. Get yourself clean. Make sure you wash behind all those hard-to-reach places. And uh, have a good day. Yeah. So that's Sam Packard. Sam Jam Packard. I'm John Corrales. We're the Rain and Jays here on a Monday show. To talk about all sorts of things like uh, the upcoming week and Kyrie's uh, SMID $25,000 fine uh, going back to the Philly game. And instead of the mystery machine, we're going to do a different thing this, this, uh, this season because that's just what we do. So let's dive into this. Sam, you were at the Philly game. Uh, I was. And- I made, a, I made a, a real quick trip uh, at the very last minute and uh, – it turned out to be a good time. I've, I haven't been – I lived in Philadelphia for a year and had never been to a Philly sporting event where the fans actually cared. Uh, <laughs> but this was the home opener for the the process, and everyone was very excited. So I got a firsthand view of some very aggressive, very enthusiastic Philly sports fans. And um, it was nice to just experience them losing and also for experience the Celtics' first win of the season. Um it's better when the Celtics win. I generally find myself in a better mood. So uh, <laughs> there's definitely things to pull away from that game. I did not think I would be uh, have so much positive feelings for Shane Larkin. I didn't think I'd see any Jabari Bird. Um, but uh, the Celtics found a way to win, and that's something we haven't said yet. So I think all in all, positives to take away from that uh, game against the Sixers. Yeah, I was watching at a bar because Friday night is not a work night for us. And so I'm watching like a normal person and tweeting like a normal person and looking up and seeing Jabari Bird in the middle of the third quarter. I was talking to other Celtics fans at the bar and all of a sudden I look up. I'm like, is, is that Jabari Bird? And yeah, got in the game and did well. And just, it was, it was a thing. And look, Brad Stevens is magic. No matter who he throws out there, He's he's getting production out of these guys. Yeah, and it's they it, 
in fact, needed him. There were points in this game where the Celtics just weren't playing that well. They were didn't uh, have a great answer for um, Philadelphia's offense. I mean, if Joel Embiid played at all decent in that game, the 76ers definitely should have won, but he was, he was garbage. I, I was convinced he was either hungover or actively drunk. Um <laughs> He just wasn't very good, and the Celtics, um, they really struggled at some points to generate offense and to get stops. Um, so Jabari Bird came in, and he is, and this is something he talked about pregame, his, and basically his entire job was just to follow around J.J. Redick, and he did a great job of liberating um, Redick's points. And then in, we saw kind of the Celtics take over in the fourth quarter, and it was a combination of Kyrie doing some of his Kyrie things and Shane Larkin and Al Horford, that famous Shane Larkin, Al Horford two-man game, really the, took over a stretch where it's just they had re- repeatedly ran pick and rolls, and the Sixers are switching Jared Bayless onto Al Horford, which is a matchup Al Horford's going to win every single time. Um, and it was just during that run where the Celtics kind of finally took things over. Uh, so it was good Celtics basketball towards the end. No one really had an, an amazing game from the Celtics' perspective, but I think they got... Um, very solid performances from kind of deep bench guys, which is you're going to need to do to pull away or the win. But the thing that was, I'd, I don't know if it was concerning, but the fact that the Brad said after the game that the reason he went to Shane Larkin is because the the Sixers were blitzing Kyrie off pick and rolls, and the, the Celtics didn't really have a way to counter that, or the way to counter that was just not was taking Kyrie out of the situation. That's not ideal. That's not like what you would like to perceive. And there's a number of situations where Kyrie would he would get blitzed and pass it into um, the guy setting the pick. And if that person wasn't Al Horford, it was almost like an immediate turnover. I remember Tice throwing the ball away or traveling or any other real big the Celtics had. Um, if they were the role man and got the basketball, there was they didn't have the ability to play make. So I don't know if that's something to be concerned about so early in the season, but. Uh, not ideal to if, if Kyrie is not going to be your primary person in the pick and roll. You know, I agree to a point. Uh, I don't, I think what Philly was doing was just trying like hell to eliminate their, the one real threat that the Celtics had. And the best chance the Celtics had was to get him off the ball because they they sure as hell weren't going to blitz Shane Larkin. You don't you don't waste the defender on Larkin, but it, it's it's almost counterintuitive. It, if you if you look at like the Belichickian kind of approach, you don't waste a lot of defenders on the good players. You go out and you take out the bad ones when they have the ball, and maybe Philly should have gone after Larkin the same way and just blitz the hell out of, hell out of Larkin. Because what's he going to do with the ball? But they didn't, and he got the ball to to Horford, and they ran that two man game, and it worked. You know, so I'm not too concerned with Kyrie and 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 how he's how he's fitting and how he's going to work with these guys. I think eventually these this is all going to pan out. We haven't had like Marcus Smart has been out. And Marcus Morris has been out. And we may, when the Celtics take on the Knicks on, uh, was it Tuesday night, that they they may come back and, and play either in that game or the Thursday night game against Milwaukee. So 
Kyrie will get his reps with the guys who are supposed to be out there, and uh, I, I'm not I'm not too worried about that. I'm just happy that the other guys who, when they got a, a bit ignored, took advantage of it. What are you going to do? You, you're you're defending uh, Jabari Bird, and you're defending Shane Larkin, and you say, all right, well, we're not going to expend too much energy trying to, to to stop these guys or slow these guys down, and they 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 did great jobs. So. Good for them. I, I don't. I, I think it's a nice like flash in the pan that those guys did well, and and Kyrie didn't in a certain situation. But I don't think that's going to be sustainable. Look, Kyrie still had a, a pretty good game. You know, he he carried that team down the stretch, and when it came down to getting shots and and hitting clutch shots, Kyrie stepped up. So. It's nice that Shane Larkin gave us about 20 good minutes. It's nice that Jabari Bird gave us about 15 good minutes. Larkin, not to put too much emphasis on a plus-minus, but plus 16, team high plus 16 in that game, which is weird. Jabari Bird plus 11, second, uh, third. Jalen Brown was uh, plus 15. So, I mean, that's oh, that's wild. It's it's wild that they did that, but I'm not I'm not too concerned about Kyrie, except for when he yells at fans. Even even that, I was uh, <laughs> I would say pleasantly amused when I first saw that clip. How many people uh, from Boston go into Philly and don't yell "suck my dick" to people? I mean, that's just the that's a thing that you do when you go into Philly. You're gonna I mean, say that. You're speaking the the native tongue of Philadelphia. I mean, for, you know the, how many profanities I heard just uh, wearing a Celtics hat. Uh, I feel like section? that's on the state on the on the city flag. Philadelphia, PA, whatever their symbol is, underneath suck my dick. <laughs> like like that's just uh, at least he acknowledged the Philadelphia sports fan. I'm sure the Philadelphia sports fan was just uh was happy to get a response out of Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie has to know that that's going to get him a $25,000 fine, but that's what happens. It was uh you know, you you move on from that, but you know, it's especially in Philly. I feel like it's not as much of an offense. No, no. The the thing is that, and and look, I, the reaction that I've gotten on Twitter from posting the video and then today posting that he was actually the uh, fine. People everywhere are saying money well spent, good for him. This is like endearing. I've compared it to spending twenty bucks to boost a Facebook post. Like he has just <laughs> expanded his reach. It's gotten a lot more people like, huh? You know, I kind of like this guy. You have, you yell at somebody says, "Hey, where's LeBron?" You yell the S my D, and you, you all those people are like, "Yeah, that's fucking awesome. That, that was awesome. That, I'm glad you did that. I like you now." So it was money. Very well spent to endear himself to a great many Celtics fans. There are Celtics fans who are like, that's childish. Sure, maybe a little bit, but you know, in the heat of the moment, you're pissed off. Who hasn't? Who hasn't popped off in the heat of the moment? I know I sure have. So that's and I will again. So there's no judgment from this this part this part of the world. So for him, twenty five grand, not a big deal, especially for Kyrie. Super rich anyway, and he's got his own shoe line, so I mean He's he's got that money, but uh, the only thing I would say is you can't make a habit of this. Obviously, that's that's the obvious statement because people say, "Oh, well, if I say, hey, where's LeBron?'" It's going to piss him off. Every every arena he goes into now, shit, they go. They're going to go into uh, New York at some point. They're going to go everywhere. They, 
fans are going to sit there and just throw LeBron in his face over and over and over again. So he, he can't lose his cool. Otherwise, he's going to be dropping a lot of money. That's going to go to a lot of great charities wherever the NBA spends that money. But he can't, he can't be dropping hundreds of thousands of dollars by yelling at fans every time LeBron's name is get mentioned. But this one time, yeah. we'll excuse it. That, that was my only issue was the, uh, the lack of situational aware, awareness, knowing that he uh, could have been caught on camera in the moment. And that, that's all. He, if, I'm, I'm fine with him yelling obscenities at fans. You just you don't want to get caught for it. So just know when you're in, in a, a place that where someone can have a camera. Um, that's everywhere. That's nowadays everywhere. You have to assume when somebody's antagonizing you, when you're a public figure, that a camera is right behind that person. And the entire purpose of the, antagoni- the antagonizing is to get you to say something that they can post. It's like the people who poke and poke and poke and you smack them and they say, Oh, that's assault. He assaulted me. You're all witnesses. You saw it. Like that's the people there. They're assholes. They're just assholes. And they want that reaction so they can, they, they edit out their own part and they get the reaction. And they spread out like, look what I got him to do. Look what he did. So screw those guys. It's not worth it. It's definitely not worth it, but uh, it's ideally if you're going to tell someone to suck your dick, you uh, don't do it on video, <laughs> unless um, that's your profession. Um, but right. that's, no, that's no my judgments. only advice for Kyrie: is don't get caught. Don't get caught doing that. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. Okay, Celtics' upcoming schedule is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, which is nice. I like the Saturday night game. That's going to be a fun night out. Uh, Saturday night in Miami, so Tuesday at home against the Knicks, Thursday in Milwaukee against the Crusher of Souls, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then Saturday against Miami. So looking ahead, Sam, what do you think? I think they have to beat the Knicks and soundly, or they don't have to beat them soundly, but it's a great opportunity should, just to notch, to notch a win against a team that's less than. There's no reason why the Celtics shouldn't dominate the game from – Start to finish, uh, the Knicks are just a bad team. They don't ha- really have a point guard. Their best point guard right now is Ron Baker. Um, and as much as I like saying Ron Baker, the basket maker, uh, <laughs> that's not often the case with him. Um, it really should be an easy game for them. I'm excited to see them kind of get a, a win at home and build some more momentum. Having to play Giannis again is not ideal, especially through the murderous streak that he is going through right he- now is killing the NBA. It's just just ridiculous. I, I, let me just point this out because it's it needs to be said. What Giannis is doing to the NBA right now is is basically unfair. Now, if you saw it, I, I put this on Red's Army this morning and it was tweeted out by the Bucks. It's sad. Giannis lost his father suddenly in the preseason, right around training camp time. And that, you know, to a heart attack and his father was young, maybe in his fifties. So, and, and he hasn't really said much, anything. It hasn't been like publicized a lot. It wasn't like Isaiah's situation or anything like that. It just quietly handled. But last night, uh, well, you're listening on Monday. So Saturday night, 
Giannis scored 44 points, a career high, to beat Portland. And then the the picture going around Twitter was the ball. He basically gave the game ball to his father. It says, this is for daddy. We got to win tonight. And I got 44 points, which that's the I'm not crying, you're crying moment. And But what Giannis is doing, and I don't know if this is added motivation on top of him just becoming the superstar that he that he is he seems to be uh, moving towards but the he he did what he did against the Celtics then he went for 34 8 and 8 against Cleveland on 15 of 22 shooting and then against Portland he had 44 points on 17 of 23 shooting and he's doing it all without taking almost any threes he's taken six threes 90% of his points are like at the rim it's it's like DeMar DeRozan plus Kevin Durant. It's just insane the numbers that he's putting up. It's almost exclusively twos, and but he's like this long, freakish athlete. And it's it is it's unfair to be playing him twice in the first couple of weeks of the season. And he's especially difficult for the Celtics to try and I mean it's difficult. No one can really defend him. But the Celtics, with their like lack of size, well, I don't know. It's like he's basically. It feels like Giannis is saying, "I'm going to be at the rim, and you can try and meet me there." And I'm very confident that I'm going to win that matchup against at the rim. And so you could try and throw a big guy on there, someone with like uh, an Aaron Baines type. But it's going to be extremely difficult for that person to stay with Giannis at the perimeter. So if you put someone smaller on him, someone like Jalen Brown had the task primarily in the first game, Giannis is just going to go over him every single time. So I don't know what the answer is to try and kind of figure that out. Um, I thought it was interesting in the Sixers game that uh, a similar style player in Ben Simmons, like a super athletic um, point forward, they put Horford on him. And maybe that's the answer of trying to slow down Giannis because Horford – has some size and has some quickness, but still, like, there's just, Giannis is 6'11 and can take two steps from the, like, he doesn't have to dribble from the three-point line to be able to dunk. Like, I just don't know how you stop him, and I don't know what Celtics personnel or what strategy you have to put on Giannis to stop him, because at this point, he's exploding. Like, there's just no way, like, nothing, he's doing all of this without an outside shot. Like, I just don't know what, how you defend it's against ridiculous. That. It's ridiculous. Now, as an NBA fan, as a fan of basketball, and, of course, as a Greek, I am spectacularly amazed by, by his game, and he's quickly become my favorite non-Celtic in the league. He's just so fun to watch. He is, in person, a just genuinely nice guy. He, I, I, just, I just like him, and I hope, and I tweeted this out today, I just hope he doesn't get ruined. He's just one of those guys that he's, he's this pristine kind of unspoiled player that is doing crazy things, and I think we can all enjoy him, aside from the fact that he's in our way now. If you're, you know, the, the one thing you hate about Giannis is I, I can root for his success in general, except that I can't root for his absolute success because that hurts the Celtics and we don't want that. But in general, he is immensely likable and insanely fun to watch. So I just kind of hope he goes unspoiled. But in in trying to check him, I, I can only hope that Marcus Smart 
is healthy and you you just you really have to counter Giannis's length and crazy athleticism with Marcus Smart's dogged determination to ruin anything that's nice and just hope that those two forces kind of cancel each other out and you can take advantage of the rest. That's that's the best thing I got. Yeah, you, you match greatness with combat muscles and you just <laughs> uh, hope hope that winning has been impacted enough. But you're right. it's It's been fun to watch him because we really have watched Giannis grow up. Uh, like I remember the first time he came to uh, Boston, they had they like recently been an article out about how he just like had recently discovered pancakes and how he was just like <laughs> pancakes are amazing. So I actually got the chance to go into the the Bucks locker room and I just like asked him what he thought about waffles and he hadn't ha- he hadn't even had waffles yet. So like like he was a baby. He was like a very fresh-faced kid and now he's just dominating the league. And if he does enjoy waffles now, I'd like to take credit for it. <laughs> Let hopefully we can find out. We'll see if we can get the word out. Maybe if Jay King is listening and he can get the question out to Giannis, do you enjoy waffles? Maybe if Jay if Jay King was uh down to ask my nonsense questions, I feel like we could have gotten to do that a long time ago. But it yeah. doesn't feel like he's a uh, it's something he's willing to do. So I'll, you know what? Jay. I'm just going to have to yeah. track Giannis down myself. Maybe I'll go to Milwaukee and just ask him directly. You got to do it because Jay's not going to do it. Jay's a goddamn professional. He has to keep things professional. He's not going to play your, your, your silly games. He has to. No, he's got know, a cool greaser haircut. Do his he's job. Business. You know? What the hell, man? Yeah. What fun is that? Doing your job. You know, what you're paid to do. Come on, Jay. Step up. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so... Last season, we did this thing because Jalen Brown had bought, apparently, the mystery machine. So we filled the mystery machine with the players who were deserving and had great weeks, and we limited it to, like, five. But the mystery machine is done. That is gone, retired. We haven't seen the mystery machine in a while. We had to find a new mode of transportation to fill, to somehow give accolades and, of course, that's Sam's area of expertise. You came up with the mystery machine. You have another idea. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it felt – I think it was actually some of the um, – a listener may have uh, tweeted this at me. But uh, in the preseason, it, Aaron Baines did mention that he would be very willing to live on a boat. Um, and we know from the preseason that uh, Aaron Baines is also as big as all of Australia – Yes. So I figured Aaron Baines's big Australian boat is the perfect mode of transportation for this uh, upcoming season. Boom. Um, 
it gives us a chance, one, to do some Australian accents if we'd like. And uh, the good <laughs> thing about the boat is it's as big as all is Australia, so it can fit uh, as any member of the Celtics, every member of the Celtics. Um, but the thing about it, it's just um, we're not going to do – you got to deserve. you got to gain entry to the boat. You right. don't automatically get it. That was one of the problems with the Mystery Machine last year is I feel like we always chose five players, but sometimes five players weren't deserving. With Aaron Baines' big Australian boat, um, there's space for everyone to get a ride, but uh, it's a privilege. It is. You have to earn it. Okay, so let's fill the boat. I'm going to give right. you the honors. You uh, start. The first, the first player that um, I'm going to put on Aaron Baines's big Australian boat would have to be, uh, I think, Terry Rozier, Tito Rozier, Tito Three Sticks, part of Three Sticks Mafia. Um, he's just been very solid in the first three games. He's been one of the pre- like primary guys on who can actually make a three point shot. I think he's uh, he may has actually made some fancy layups. I think he's been very good on the <laughs> defensive end. Um, that Twitter uh, NBA math comes out and does like kind of the four quadrants of like which players have added uh, points defensively and added points uh, offensively. Rozier's the only single pl- only player on the Celtics who's uh, both a plus offensively and a plus defensively right now. He's been the most like consistent Celtics, so I think he definitely deserves a ride. On the big Australian boat. I do not disagree with that at all. Uh, I am going to, and I'm glad you didn't say this first, because I have hopped onto the bandwagon, thrown the driver off the bandwagon, and have assumed controls of the Jason Tatum bandwagon, the express train to Tatumville. I am all about Jason Tatum. He definitely deserves to be on this boat for me. Because he has shown a remarkable maturity, a remarkable consistency, a remarkable level of offense. To me, just the things that he displays on the floor, and and so much, I, I'm impressed enough, so much so that I've written this up, and and hopefully it gets posted tomorrow on one of the outlets that I write for. It's very impressive to me that a 19-year-old has advanced level scoring ability like he does. And one of the examples that I used is the post up against Chris Middleton against uh, in in the garden. And I don't know if anybody remembers this play, but he backed him down a little bit. He bumped him with his shoulders a couple of times for two different reasons. One, the first time he was backing him down to see how much ground he would give. The second time he bumped Middleton was to clear enough space to get Middleton off balance so he can rise up and get a shot without being challenged. That, to me, and and by the time you listen to this, hopefully I will have had this published, you can see what I'm talking about. That is advanced-level scoring, like college math-level scoring versus the high school you know, level math class that it's just a different level of understanding what you need to do in the NBA level to score. So I am all about Jason Tatum. I am just this kid. I cannot believe after everything pre-draft and all of the Markel Fultz, you know, trading away, flipping that pick and just all of that sentiment that, geez, I hope you're right, Danny. After three games, I'm ready to determine Danny Ainge was right. 
he just he just nailed it. I can't believe it. Fultz doesn't look great. Tatum looks awesome. So Tatum is completely on that boat. Oi, Jason Tatum, welcome to the boat. <laughs> and I'm uh, normally it's uh, offensive when you do poor accent work of other people's cultures. And when I know is. we have a lot. Nor we we have a lot of Australian fans. So please. Um, if you are offended by my terrible Australian accent, uh, let me know. But I couldn't do, I couldn't escape that. Um, one note on Tatum is that I've been very impressed with him on the defensive end as yep. well. Just his absolutely. Uh, uh, he's a large individual. He's very long and he's big and he gets a lot of rebounds and he has a kind of a knack for getting into passing lanes and getting deflections. And that's just not something you normally see from uh, a rookie just being at all. Uh, adept on defense, and I think it's one of the reasons he's going to continue to get minutes because he's just really been a force, a guy who can go out there and grab you with that rebound or just um, generate steals. So I think his offense is only going to get better, but the fact that he's just having some sort of impact on the defensive end is just an added bonus. So uh, G'day, mate, definitely deserves a, definitely deserves a ride on the boat. <laughs> All right. Who's your next choice? Do you have another choice? Uh, the next choice is going to have to be Al Horford, uh, I feel like we haven't talked about him at all uh, this year, but he's just been a solid basketball player like he always is. He's never really making mistakes. He makes the right play. He's a good facilitator. He's kind of the cornerstone of the defense. We saw him. I saw him take on Ben Simmons, which is a, a challenging on the perimeter uh, against Philadelphia. Um, I just think he doesn't get enough credit just because he doesn't his thing is not putting up the counting stats, but you know, without Al Horford, this team would be extremely lost. And I think just because he's so underrated, uh, he d- d- deserves a ride on the boat, man. Come on down, Al. Absolutely. I, I mean, he, he's, you can give him the captain's hat and you know, just permanent entry for the most part. I can't imagine a week that he wouldn't be on, but absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Brown because he has shown – and unbelievable, uh, un- unbelievably advanced second year. So he started out with 25 points against Cleveland and some uh, really highlight-worthy stuff, and then 18 against Milwaukee. Now, not he didn't shoot well against Philly, but he had a big positive impact. Just really nice to see Jalen attacking the way he is. The one knock on Jalen is that he's not finishing at the rim like he should. He has spent a lot of time driving and getting himself to the rim, and if he could finish at the rim at a... And I'm talking about the the shots that he's missed, he should have made. Sometimes you get challenged and you miss, that's fine. But he's averaging just over 17 points. He could be up over, over 20 easily if he just would finish a little bit better at the rim, that's going to come. So for a 20-year-old kid in his second year to make that kind of leap, apparently, we'll see. It's only been three games. But the first week of the season, if that's what we get from Jalen Brown the rest of the year, then that's – people have been talking about most improved player, and I don't generally like to give most improved player consideration to guys in their second year because you're supposed to really improve – from year to year like that, but he can get himself into a position where he's, if he's averaging close to 20 a game as a second year player, then yeah, 
he could be in that conversation for sure. Yeah, his all-out aggression has just been a welcomed approach. And something that I feel like the Celtics, other than out, like outside of Isaiah Thomas, they just didn't have someone who could get to the basket. Like Avery Bradley was not that type of player. Jay Crowder's not that type of player. So it's just a nice to see. And it's going to be something they need, um, especially with Hayward out now for presumably the whole year. So you're right. You'd like to see him finish more, but that's going to come with time. The one thing that I would like to see from Jalen Brown is just better. I mean, it's like it's something you'd like to see from all players. I'd like to see him hit more threes. Uh, it feels like he's missed a, a, a fair amount of open ones, but I think that will also come with time. But you're right. He deserves a ride on the boat. Um, but um, his game is definitely – if he. I feel like as far as Jalen Brown goes is as far as the Celtics will go just because – he has so much upside, and if he plays well, um, the Celtics have a re- very good chance of winning any basketball game he's like really excels in. And if he doesn't play well, then they're going to have to do do a lot to kind of string things together, just because he's so important on the defensive end of kind of all the different types of players he can guard. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do um, and just how he grows this season. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, do you have another another choice? I have one more choice. Now, here's the part where the boat gets difficult because it can fit literally everyone. It's as big as all of Australia. Everyone can get a ride Everybody, the the whole team could. But not everyone deserves a ride. And so um, I think there's one final guy who uh, I may have disparaged uh, in previous podcasts, um, but I don't think uh, – I've really come around, did a complete 180 – Shane Larkin, man, <laughs> like I <laughs> immediately saw him come into the game in Philadelphia and like reached for my phone and did a negative Shane Larkin tweet. And then he just was a very solid player, made like some threes, took threes without hesitation, which is if you're going to take threes, I'd like you to be confident and step into them, made some right decisions in the pick and roll. I think for at least this week, Shane Larkin desires, uh, deserves a ride on the boat. Let's give it to him. Let's give it to him. Welcome aboard Shane Larkin. Uh, now after that, um, I don't know. I don't. No one else comes to mind. Jabari Bird, he was solid, but I, um, he missed his uh, two three point attempts. So I don't know if I can give it to him. Um, Baines has been solid, but I don't know if he's been amazing. I don't know if yeah. he's been boat worthy. Wow. So I feel like I, um, which sucks because it's his boat. It is his boat, but you know what? He's going to earn it later. Yeah. Everyone gets a ride eventually. Gets, do we now? Since it's a boat, do we have like? The opposite, can we give one person where it's like scrape the barnacles off the bottom of the boat? I'm fine. I mean, we, we literally have making this up. So, yes, sure. who's the barnacle scraper? Who, who's the barnacle scraper? Like, Who has the guy, to sweep the poop deck. Somebody, somebody has to be like, yeah. So, uh, which <laughs> I immediately, I'm not sure I want to keep doing this, but whatever. Uh, I'm going to say it's Semi Ojale because he looked just lost against the Bucks. So lost against the Bucks that when it came time to play the Sixers and Brad Stevens was desperately looking for anybody to give get minutes, that he turned to a two way player and Shane Larkin and he turned literally to everybody else. One player got a DMP coach's decision against Philly, and that was our boy Semi Ojale, who let me just say, I still believe in, and you know he's still going to be a badass. I think he's got a ton of skill. He's he's going to be good. He's going to be good. But this week, he's got barnacle duty because 
he just was completely, utterly lost against Milwaukee. And down the stretch in the fourth quarter, when they needed somebody, like they did in Philly in the fourth quarter, they needed somebody, they turned to Semi against against the Bucks, and it just it did not go well. Yeah, having Brad lose faith in you within the first uh, three games of the season, um, not ideal. So I'm going to agree. He's the uh, he's sweeping the poop deck this week. He's on <laughs> he's on cleanup duty. Um, Sammy Ojale, you know what? Use it as motivation. I know That's he it. listens to the podcast. Um, uh, so you know what, Semi, we we love you still. You're in a trust tree here, but we got we got to cause it as we seize it. I'm I'm going to channel Principal Skinner. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. <laughs> All right, that's been the show. We're going to start the week off on a fun, crazy, kooky, crazy, funky note, whatever the hell you want to call it. But that's the show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, if you've somehow stumbled onto the show and you've made it to the end of all of this craziness, then you should probably subscribe, which means going to wherever you find your podcasts and doing so. If you somehow stumbled onto us through Twitter or whatever, go to LockedOnCeltics.com. LockedOnCeltics.com is the new online home for the Locked On Celtics podcast. You will find all of the podcasts there, and in the middle of the page, there is a player that will always have the most recent show there with subscription information with our RSS feed. So if you have a player that you plug the RSS feed into, it's right there. So... Uh, do that. If you are a subscriber and for some reason you're not getting our shows because we've made this switch, there's been a lot of kind of things changing. I've had people talk to us about Stitcher. Hopefully, Stitcher has repopulated. I've fixed everything and we should be there as well as everywhere else you get your podcast. Search for Lockdown Podcast. Search for the rest of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We've got a lot of shows with the Lockdown NBA, Lockdown Fantasy, ton of new things that are going to be happening throughout the week and the upcoming season. We hope you partake in all of it. And I want to thank you again for listening. This has been the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.